welcome to She Dares to Dream podcast. I'm your host, Michaela Oleksova, multi-passionate creative entrepreneur, marketing strategist, and educator. And my intention is to empower you to create anything your soul desires. Whether you want to find your life's purpose, leave your nine to five job, or turn your unique talent into a thriving business, this is the place to dream big. Through a series of intimate conversations, I'll be sharing inspiring stories of incredible humans who had the courage to follow their dreams, building their meaningful lives and successful businesses. I believe that their personal stories can not only touch your heart and soul, they can move and motivate you to take an inspired action and unleash your own potential. So get ready to live your dreams, no matter how big or small. When I used to teach yoga many moons ago, a good quality yoga wear was an essential part of my life. It had to take me through the day on and off the yoga mat, and I wanted to make sure that it not only looks and feels good, it also had to be good for the environment. That's when I came across Asquith, the original ethical activewear brand that got my attention. And I can't be more excited now to be chatting to its founder and creative director, Alice Asquith, about her love of fashion, quality fabric, yoga and well-being, but also go behind the scene and take a sneak peek of what it takes building an international ethical brand. So hi, Alice. Welcome to the show. Hi, Michaela. Nice to meet you again and to speak to you. It's very exciting. I'm delighted to be part of She Dares to Dream. Oh, thanks so much. Thanks so much for joining me here. So I would like to start our conversation with a question I ask all my podcast guests. If you could sum up your brand in three words, what would they be? That's an easy one. Uh, Comfortable, ethical, active wear. Fantastic. Yeah, I think actually when I used to teach yoga, um, I was um, ambassador for your brand and I so enjoy wearing your clothes, um, as I said, on and off the yoga mat. And actually just um, for the for this podcast, I thought I'm just going to pull one of these pants from my drawer and I'm wearing one of these pants that been with me like all over the world teaching the yoga retreat teaching in the studio even going camping and canoeing and I have to say after all these years the shape the material the color it's exactly like it was like all those years ago it's like brand new so I would say that the quality and the comfort is just absolutely outstanding oh thank you so much I mean that one of the things when I launched Asquith, it was so important to me. Um, so it's great to hear. And longevity and clothing that lasts is very important to Asquith and the brand and, and what I strive to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, uh, it's just a proof that you are doing absolutely incredible jobs. So um, obviously, um, as you describe your brand, this is what you are, what you do, where you are now. But um, if... Uh, 
we can go back and you can take me on a journey and share with me how it all unfolded. Was it always your dream to become a fashion designer or was it a collection of various serendipity moments when one thing or lucky chance led to another? Yes, it's a, it's a, a combination of factors, really. Um, it wasn't always my dream to become a fashion designer. However, I grew up uh, surrounded by women who made all their own clothes and designed their own clothes. So my mother, grandmother, and actually my great-grandmother all used to make and design their own clothing. And they always used natural fabrics, so silks, tweeds, uh, Liberty Tarnalons. Um, I've grown up in a very creative environment, uh, surrounded by fabric sewing machines and creativity. So it was something that was deep within me. Um, and I used to, from the age of about five, sit on my granny's knee and look at Vogue with her and discuss styles and why they were interesting and why they were, uh, you know, fashionable, why they were clever, how you would wear it. And when I launched Asquith, um, the reason I launched was I was working in television, actually, practicing yoga and Pilates to switch off from the pressures of my job. And couldn't really find the right clothing that I wanted to wear because everything was, uh, all sportswear was synthetic and it had big logos, brash colours, weren't they flattering. And me, I'd never really worn synthetic fabrics because I'd grown up with all these natural fabrics. And all our clothes when we were little were all made for us. You know, our parents didn't really buy us clothes. They made us clothes that worked for us out of our own fabric. So. I, I just didn't, uh, I didn't like the clothes that were available. So I decided to uh, set up my own clothing label um, because I had a love of fashion and because I knew what I wanted to wear for yoga and Pilates. I thought that was a fairly good um, starting point, really. And my sister was pregnant and I did some research on pregnancy clothing and what um, what people wore and she was doing pregnancy yoga and didn't like the clothing either so I thought actually this is uh, this is the way to get going this is at my starting point yeah so basically you found the niche on the market that's um, that's how lots of the businesses um, really start and um, get going isn't it exactly and you know, I I was working at that time in, you know, my background, I had a career in music, film and TV. So, you know, I can still remember the time when I decided to change uh, from TV and to launch my own business. Um, I, I happen to love all the jobs I've ever done. I've been very fortunate. But I was working in television as a researcher for a very successful television crime writer. I'd been there for about six years. I loved it. But one day my boss came back and we had a big creative meeting and she said, we've just been recommissioned a new series. And I remember saying to myself, act excited. <laughs> um, and I, I just wasn't, I wasn't that excited. And I thought, okay, now's the time. Now's the time to move on. If I'm not excited and love what I'm doing, life's too short. Um, I need to do something else. But I didn't know what it was. And then suddenly my grandmother died. 
and we were terribly, terribly close, and it was a bolt out of the blue. And she left me some money, and I thought, what will I do to honour her memory? What do I do that I feel passionate about? Um, and that's when everything merged and came together. My love of yoga Pilates, what I felt was missing in the market, the big gap that we just spoke about. And, um, yeah, that's when I decided to, to launch Asquith. Wow, that, that's absolutely amazing. So you started um, this brand after leaving the previous job in the media industry, in the TV, or have you still been working and then kind of already tasted the waters with the business? Well, I'm not very good at doing <laughs> things at once. So I decided to quit my job and research the market, which I was good at. Um, and I decided to... to focus on researching 100% my new business venture. So yeah, I left my job. Okay. So going head first <laughs> and then learning how to Yeah, yeah. head first. Much to the horror of my parents and I was in my uh, early 30s. So not a great time. I had no dependents luckily. I had no one looking after me. So uh yeah, it was a slightly rash move, but you know, <laughs> that's what I did. Yeah, when when your heart knows, it knows, doesn't it? So Yes, exactly. All right, but um often when when we start a new business like yours and especially switching a career or industry we uh, look for inspiration you have to do the research as you say uh, you look for advice and support so what was the best and worst piece of business advice you've been ever given yeah well interesting questions I, I when I left my job um, I knew absolutely nothing about how to run a business or fashion how to run a fashion business and I fortunately found I live in Notting Hill and I did a Three months, um, three month fashion for business course at the Portobello Business Centre, where they gave an overview on how to manufacture, where, how to work out minimums, quantities, cash flow. It was a very surface course, obviously, learning an entire industry in three months. Um, the best piece of advice I came away with from that, which I remember at the time not thinking terribly interesting or relevant, was the phrase, cash flow is king which particularly if you're running well, any business, but especially the fashion business, boy, oh boy, is that the truth? You know, you really have to listen to that. Um, worst piece of advice? Um, I think I was told by many people, it wasn't really advice, but people would just say, oh, fashion's a tough market. Oh, you know, it's really hard. And, and I just found that incredibly negative. Um, so I would say to anyone who is thinking of starting their own business, You know, cash flow is king. Listen to that. Don't listen to the negativity that people get. Everyone's going to have an opinion and you need to focus on the positive, not give up, follow your passion and be prepared for a lot of hard work. Yeah, absolutely. That is just so true what you just said. Um, and um, talking of passion, so you do have a passion or we often have a uh, lot of passion for something and we have our dream vision. But how did you, um, did you have any idea or plan how to make Asquith unique and stand out in the busy market of fitness wear? Because I can imagine it was quite um, saturated. Well, um, 
At the time, no, it wasn't actually, because this was about 19 years ago. And yes, of course, there were fitness brands like Nike, Adidas, um, big brands, but there weren't that many independent brands, especially not in the UK. Um, and a lot of people then, you know, you'd say, I'd say to people, um, I'm starting a, a yoga lifestyle clothing brand. And they look at me and nod and smile and go, hmm, interesting. What's yoga? Which is very hard to imagine now, but at the time, it was very true. Um, so yeah, you almost forget, didn't you? Yeah, it, 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 it didn't really, you know, it, everything has changed so much in the last, well, particularly 10 years. Um, but I decided that because I didn't like synthetic fabrics, I was going to launch a sportswear, but very much lifestyle clothing brand. It always was that, using only natural fabrics, um, which I felt really didn't exist. So in that respect, Asquith was unique. Um, and, you know, I say now we are the original ethical activewear brand and lifestyle brand. So it's clothes for yoga, Pilates and living in, which at the time was um, very unusual. So how to make it stand out um, in the marketplace? Well, I chose only soft, ethical, natural fabrics for yoga, Pilates and living in. I chose to manufacture ethically. I chose to produce fabrics and clothing that was of strong quality, which you very kindly said at the beginning. And I decided that, you know, with a with a marketplace of sportswear that was big brands, I, as a smaller brand, could really focus on our message of integrity and honesty in our communication. And customer service. You know, my father had his own business and he drilled that into me, that the customer is the core of everything that you do. And I think that's a very valuable piece of advice to remember when you're starting your own business. What does your customer want? Not what you think they want, but what do they actually want? Put them at the front of everything. Um, and I also decided I didn't want Nasquith to be a slave to fashion trends either. Um, but we would just incorporate ideas and uh, but once again start off with the customer into how I design all the collections. Yeah. And so how did you um, kind of, what was the journey getting um, Asquith clothing to the end customers, to your fans? Um, how did you manage to communicate this message to these customers? Or uh, was it through media? Or um, did you use uh, some strong relationship with yoga studios, teachers, or networking events? Like, what was the biggest driver behind um, Asquith's success, like getting it to the customers? Yeah, well, a good question. And it was challenging too, let me tell you. Um, because a lot of stores don't, you know, will only sell the big uh, fitness brands like Nike Adidas. So I made the decision to focus on trust and word of mouth. So this was before the internet was big, which is hard for a lot of people to obviously understand. Um, and so I started out by taking Asquith to yoga and Pilates teachers, to gyms. I did lots of events. I did house parties. And the focus for that and the reason behind that is so that 
people who didn't know the brand, which was everybody, could touch and feel the fabrics and see and feel the quality and comfort for themselves. And I could also be there to explain what the clothing was for and talk to people and convey the unique aspects of the brand. Um, I also made the decision to work with a PR company early on and got some great press because because we were doing something that was very different. Um, I always remember we got a practically full-paid front cover feature uh, on the front cover of Metro um, on my grandmother's birthday, April 2nd, about uh, 15 years ago. And it was... It was just fantastic. That was in the days where press worked like that. <laughs> um, also with, yes, as you say, with partnerships, you know, I thought, well, if I can clothe teachers and if they love the brand, they're going to be standing in front of 10, 20, 30, 40 people and they can say, look at this, you know, it feels fabulous. Look how great it is when I'm bending over, when I'm moving, moves with me, it's not uncomfortable and how does it feel next to my skin? So, I think those were the key factors that um, I used. Plus, I didn't have the budget to do very sophisticated marketing. It had to be, in the beginning, me and just going out there. But it's it's a great way of getting direct feedback um, from the people that count. Yeah, yeah. So I guess um, the years you spent in, in the TV and in research and... Um really helped uh, when launching this brand absolutely absolutely doing research because that was my starting point I thought well I don't know anything about this industry so what am I going to do I'm going to get out there talk to people and research as much as possible um, to get to know my market and what people want it's quite amazing how I, I love these serendipity moments, like when you look back and you kind of uh, realize that every lesson, every experience, everything you went through to life, whether good or bad, it always comes together to some good use and it builds up and it helps you grow. And suddenly, you know, you realize you're doing something amazing that you were set to do all along. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we all find if, if you're looking for a different path, if you follow your gut, heart and instincts and try and get as much support from people along the way, you'll be fine. Mm, mm, Absolutely. I love that. So I know that um, love of nature and respect for the environment, and you mentioned that before already, is at the heart of your brand. So what specific steps do you take to keep the standards of your fabric and production process at the highest possible level? Um, Firstly, as you said at the beginning, so I'm going to go back to that. We, I made the decision, having grown up with fabric equality. I mean, I still have my grandmother's engagement dress from the 1940s, which I still wear for parties because it's very beautiful. She made it herself. Um, and that's because it's amazing quality. So I never compromise on quality. And I think once you gain a reputation for quality, as I believe uh, I have done with Asquith, you can't compromise and you must always strive to be the best. For example, I had a great floral print that I loved, brought them into 18, but because I wasn't 100% happy with how it washed, I pulled it. We didn't launch it, which I was terribly upset about, but I thought it better not to launch a beautiful print if the quality isn't good enough um, than launch a print and not be happy on the quality. So I think... 
quality of whatever it is that you do is the heart and the core of everything. Um, we do hardwearing quality fabrics are at the core. We do constant uh, and fastidious testing to ensure that our fabrics meet the highest standards of wash and wear. They don't peel, fade, stretch. Um, also ensure that we get the correct certification so our fabrics are uh, got certified and ecotech certified dyes which means that we don't have harmful chemicals in our dyeing processing um i visit the factory regularly in turkey um i'm supposed to be there now but of course we're in lockdown at this moment um and I check on their setup. I meet with the factory owner. It's an amazing privately owned factory. And I have a very good, strong relationship with them. So quality issues, they know how important quality is to, to me and to Asquith. Um, and I also have employed a sustainability expert to check on all the health and safety, the dyeing, the production staff. So everything is constantly monitored. Um, and I think in order to maintain quality, you have to do that. You have to do that. Yeah. And I, I can imagine that to stay on top of the game, um, you don't or you can't stop there. You always have to go out and research new materials and technology. And I even heard you invented and trademark a signature fabric. Is that right? Yes, it is, actually. Um, I tried on a competitor brand's fabric and I thought this is interesting it's it, I didn't like the way it felt because it was synthetic and I don't like synthetics but it held you in and I thought that's fantastic I want something like that that is a natural performance fabric so it's great for movement but it feels great against your skin. So I uh, trademarked a fabric called bamboo which is 60% bamboo 30% organic cotton and 10% elastane, which you need for the stretch capacity. Um, and we use that for all our leggings and our fitted styles. And it's it's a great fabric because it, it molds against your body, but unlike synthetics, it naturally wicks away moisture and you don't get any nasty odour uh, from sweat. Um, and it, it just feels amazing next to your skin. So I'm very proud of that. And I'm looking to develop more new fabrics uh, down the line. But our, our signature fabrics are bamboo and bamboo. Yes, absolutely. Wow, awesome. And and they just feel just so amazing. I, I just love wearing uh, bamboo, as, as I said, you know, before uh, about the, the your clothes that um, I'm lucky to own and wear. It just feels so soft. And uh, yeah, you can wear it um, pretty much any temperature, especially like when you travel to hot countries, like teaching yoga in Sri Lanka, it was just amazing, nice cooling effect on my skin. So yeah. yeah, thank you. Well, the great thing about bamboo is it's temperature regulating, so it keeps you warm and it keeps you cool. And you know, I I find fabrics specifically so that they feel amazing next to your skin. I I want people to feel as if they're not wearing anything at all, that it's so comfortable and not to focus on how your clothes feel whilst you're doing, whether it's yoga, Pilates or exercise, but just enjoying whatever it is you're doing. It should enhance your practice, not hinder it. You know, uh, you shouldn't have to be bending over and pulling up your leggings. They should be staying in place and feeling fantastic. That's the point. Absolutely. Um, so over the years, you 
successfully managed to evolve and grow your brand. And the Asquith designs now include collections to be worn day and night and from workouts to weekends, as I said, on and off yoga mat. And you even included pajamas and maxi dresses. So what do you do to stay inspired? Well, many things, really. Um, They can be big and small. Um, I always think for my starting point is what do I want to wear for yoga and Pilates because I practice both. Um, Our customers very kindly tell us what they want. So I listen to them hard Um, and all sorts of things. Um, Nature, flowers, uh, colours around me. Um, I live in Notting Hill and the other day I was taking a walk around and as many people know, we have a lot of beautiful coloured houses and there were two colours of the houses which really struck me one was a petrol blue and the other was a sort of movie color um and i'm in my mind i'm thinking autumn into 21 at the moment so i came back and and put those colors together with my existing color palette and i thought yeah that's a good start so all sorts of things but i also go to a lot of classes myself i do hit spinning reform pilates trx and and yoga so i see what a lot of other people are wearing um, and yoga and Pilates teachers are brilliant in telling me, uh, because we have a big network of them, what they want, what they feel is missing from their wardrobe. Um, and also I think about what, what I think bamboo will work well for. So, for example, because it's moisture-wicking and breathable and very comfortable and soft next to your skin, it wicks away sweat. So it's Perfect for menopause, hot sweats, or just being comfortable at night. Um, and then I'll think, what would that drapiness be? That's a new word, by the way. What would drapiness be good for? Um, I think it will work well for a sundress, as we're doing for this spring summer. Or um, I've just designed a very fluid palazzo pant, um, which I think they you know bamboo would be great for um but i also road test obviously all the designs and so does the aqua team uh before we launch anything so that we all are involved in the process and feedback which i think is very important yeah yeah so you mentioned the spring summer collection which um, i believe is now available to buy on uh, your website so can you share with us what are the current trends and what we can look for Sure. I, I don't really follow um, current trends per se. Um, I focus on, you know, as we've said, clothes that are fit for purpose. So they have to work for yoga, pilates, travelling, school run, wearing at home. Um, this season, it's easy to wear neutral. So there's greys and blues and very soft pinks um, that work with your existing wardrobe, but I always try and choose colours that I think will flatter skin tones rather than uh, detract from your skin. Um, and I design collections to flatter as well. So show your neck bones, but they're longer length, so they don't ride up and they're always comfortable. Um, so, I mean, one of the things I have designed for this season is a, a cargo pant in Jersey because I thought, I like a cargo pants, loose, fluid, easy, laid-back style. I know it was, you know, about 15 years ago everyone was wearing them, but I kind of thought, actually, for wearing around the house or wearing out with boots or heels or wearing for yoga, a cargo pants is really practical. So I've done that in bamboo. 
And it's been a big hit. <laughs> big hit. So I'm very excited about that. But every every season, something new and interesting will occur to me. And I'll, I'll just trial it and see how it goes. Yeah, yeah. So for me as a mum and entrepreneur, it's really important to wear something that is comfortable, practical and elegant, something I can wear for my morning yoga practice or meditation. Then I can leave the house and do the school runs then meet friend for coffee. And also because I work from home and especially now when we are all, you know, locked and staying at home, it's so important to wear something kind of throughout the day. Um, and even for the exercise um so can you recommend maybe one piece from this latest collection that uh, will take all these boxes for me and other mumpreneurs or even anyone now staying at home yeah yeah of course um well we've sold them very very well in the last couple of months and i'm wearing them as we speak uh the long harem pants They're made from bamboo. Uh, I'm wearing it now with our Bee Grace Batwing, one of our best-selling tops. They are perfect for yoga um, and Pilates, but also living in. So they're smart and elegant. They don't go baggy at the knees. They are super comfy. Uh, and because they taper a little at the ankle, um, they're also good for yoga and Pilates so if you're doing inversions or for any form of movement, um, they just move with you. They're not restrictive in any way. The, that's what I would recommend, our long harem pants. Okay, I make sure that I'm going to check it later on as we're done with this interview. <laughs> <laughs> so go, going back to running your business, um, we all know, um, or people who uh, started or run their businesses, It comes with so many challenges, um, not only kind of juggling it all, you know, trying to, you know, do and be everything and wearing all, all kind of hats. Um, it is on the challenges I'm talking about on professional as well as personal level, because um, a lot of times it's the, the physical, mental and emotional well-being. Um, so what has been the biggest challenge you had to deal with or overcome so far professionally and maybe on personal level? Well, I think probably my ignorance in the marketplace that I was entering into, I knew absolutely nothing, as I said before, about... Uh, well, starting my own business, I had no business background whatsoever, um, and I didn't know anything about the fashion business. So I think how to run a business and, and lack of understanding was was challenging. Um, but I would say I overcame it by talking to anyone and everyone I came into contact with who I felt could help me grow and learn. And I think that's incredibly important because also we're fortunate to work in an environment, thank goodness, that women are really keen to help women. And people were kind enough to help me and I was keen enough to grow and learn. So I think talk to anyone and everyone is important. Um, I would say cash flow, as I mentioned before, particularly in fashion, seasonality is super tough. Um, but manage it. Don't Don't shy away from problems. Face them head on. Don't ignore them because they only get bigger. Um, and I think find the right people to work with you. I knew I wanted to create a quality business, so I wanted to find the best factory for the job and to not 
compromise my beliefs um and you know it wasn't about profit it was about finding the best quality that was my starting point um and you know when I started, as we were saying before, I, I was only a small handful of um, independent activewear brands. Now it's a very crowded environment, but I think if you stay true to your roots, uh, you'll you'll survive. Yeah, and you mentioned a few times um, in this interview your team that you work with. So, how often kind of do you get together? Do you have like a Asquith headquarters, or how do you how do, does it work? No, well, um, I didn't realize at the time, but I was an early adopter on ethical activewear, but also on how I ran my business. Um, I made a decision about. Gosh, 13, 14 years ago, I suppose, to only employ people who were really good at that specific job, which meant that I had quite a big team of people. I have about 16 people that work for me, um, but they all work flexible working hours. They're all uh, freelance. They're all creative, incredibly hardworking, very talented, and they've all been with me for years. Um, I have built up that team of people along the way uh, through word of mouth, as I said just now, you know, from talking to people. Um, and they are fantastic. Without them, Asquith wouldn't exist. Um, and we, the, me and the marketing team, um, we, well, at the moment during lockdown, uh, we speak every, every Thursday morning um one of one of them katie is in hong kong <laughs> so we have a we've got chichester hong kong brighton south london and me west london um and we all speak every week about our plans and discuss what we're each doing i have a right hand Catherine, who manages all the wholesale and online and website and we speak every week um and she's been with me for over 10 years uh so i think it's, it's it works very well for not every business but it works well for mine and it's also the way i wanted to set my business up but you have to be if you're going to work with flexible uh, workers and freelance people it's it's a two-way street you have to really work together and you have to communicate very very well but it's a great way to work i, I wouldn't change it for the world yeah, it's just so amazing when, when you find the right people and you can then uh, just let go of things. And I often find as um, creatives, it's so hard, um, especially when, when you uh, run your own business. It's like your little baby. It's so hard to let go of <laughs> of all the things and the control, especially, isn't it? Well, funnily enough, I thought I'd find that, but no. <laughs> I, I found it great because I think that if you... I found brilliant people, I feel, that, that work for me. I think they're all fantastic. And I have gradually given them more and more control, which, of course, means that they are more creative, uh, more into the brand, and are encouraged to grow and flourish. So I actually haven't found it difficult. I've been delighted to have many people and to work with many people, like Rosie, my digital marketing manager, I'm not good at any of that. I found someone who's brilliant at it. So I'm very happy to go, here you go. <laughs> you do that and I'll focus what I think I'm better at and good at. So I have found it wonderful to find brilliant 
uh, talented people to, to work on all aspects of the business, actually. Um, and I think it's, I've been very happy to let go. I think trust and letting go comes in play big time, big time. And you have to get to know and feel confident enough with the individuals that you've employed to be able to let go and to be able to give them more freedom. But I think people flourish and grow when when given more freedom. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess you're uh, really lucky in terms of having such a great team that supports uh, you, the business and your mission. And uh uh you can potentially have more time to and and space um to come up with creative ideas and i i think the best ideas comes when um when we have time to relax and uh nourish ourselves and recharge so what are the ways you unwind um well i'm because I'm used to now running a business, I, I'm actually a very disciplined person anyway. So I'm up 6, 6.30. I start work at 7.30. I've worked from home for a long time now. Um, it's only recently that I joined a members club and I now work from there. Um, but I'm pretty strict on my weekly routine. I, I practice uh, Vedic meditations where I meditate twice daily, morning and evening, which helps me creatively, helps me connect with people, connect with myself. Um, I also practice yoga uh, generally at home or, or sometimes in classes. Um, and I exercise every day. So I love reformer Pilates and hit spinning and cardio um, and also uh, being in nature. I live near High Park, so I go for very long, very regular walks. Um, and that helps me switch off. Uh, to be honest, now, after being so used to running my business, I don't find it difficult. Um, I'm very sociable. I go to the theatre a lot, dance. I see dance performances, cinema, art galleries. I love um, when we're allowed to. I love eating out. And all these things we can't do, but we will be able to one day. So I actually don't find it that difficult at all to switch off. I'm very fortunate now. But it's taken, you know, taken a while and and – when the business was going through tough times, as you said earlier, you know, running a business, it's not all a smooth ride and an uphill, uphill curve. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting rocky road along the way. So there have been moments that have been a lot tougher, but now I'm, I'm more used to switching off. And, uh, yeah, I don't find it so easy. Uh, I don't find it so difficult nowadays, happily. <laughs> yeah, if... Um... If there is someone listening right now um, who's dreaming of becoming an entrepreneur or even a fashion designer, what would be, um, what's the best thing about doing what you're doing and what's been your pinch me moment so far? I think being able to be creative in my job because I design all the collections uh is very i love i love designing the collections but i also love running a business and taking it in different directions i find that equally as creative um as i said sorry it's not one thing the whole host of things happily um my wonderful team who i rely on uh, amazing people amazing women i love them um and the lifestyle that I now can lead, I get freedom to travel. I don't answer to anyone. I own the business 100%. And I structure my life pretty much how I want it. Um, and 
you know, to feel I'm doing something useful rather than creating a clothing brand that has a negative impact on the environment. I wanted to be the opposite of fast fashion. And I think with Asquith producing long-lasting, ethically made clothing, uh, I work towards that goal in the best way that I can. So I like to feel I'm doing something useful in the world and making women feel good in the clothing that we design. That's really important to me and getting great customer feedback. Um, And, you know, as far as pinch me moments, I would say probably the first time Asquith featured in Vogue, which was probably about 15 years ago, um, was amazing. And, you know, I grew up reading Vogue sitting on my grandmother's lap from the age of about five, as I said earlier. So that was pretty extraordinary. And then last year we hosted an eco-summit with about 40 journalists and influencers. And I I was doing a talk to everybody and I looked up and all those people were wearing Asquith. And I felt incredibly proud, incredibly proud. Oh, I love that. It just seems that you managed to honour your grandmother in the best possible way. (laughs) Yeah, well, my grandmother and my mother, they were very important women and role models in my life. And... um, you know, then sadly, neither of them are with me, but they're with me in spirit. And I know they'd be delighted and very proud of of what I've done. And because of them, you know, they've had a huge impact. They were both extraordinary women in their own right. Yeah, I love that. Um, so before we wrap up, um, just want to ask you, do you have a favorite mantra or affirmation that you live by? I, I do. Uh, my own personal affirmations, um, I repeat them every morning, yes. But uh, in terms of business and in terms of life in general, I would say very simply, make every day count. That's it. That's amazing. <laughs> Simple. But... enough to live on this planet. And I think everything that's happened in recent times and all the people out there, you know, the NHS workers, uh, there's so many people working so hard and we're lucky to be alive. So I think make every day count is is a pretty key fact of life. Yeah, it's it's so powerful and I totally agree. And what a perfect way to end our conversation today. But before we go, um, can you just remind the listeners where they can find you online, your website, Instagram and all that? Sure, sure. Um, our website address is asquithlondon.com and that's A-S-Q-U-I-T-H london.com. And our uh, social media handle is at Asquith London. Awesome. So as I said, I'm going to just go and check out those uh, pans that you mentioned earlier because it sounds like a um, perfect piece to add to my wardrobe at this um, at this time for, for the summer. And um, I just want to say... Thank you so much for joining me and sharing your story today. It's been absolutely amazing. And I'm sure you've not only inspired lots of women to treat themselves to a new piece from your new collection, but also show them what's possible if you dare to live your dreams. So thank you so much, Alice, and have a wonderful day. Thanks so much, Michaela. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. 
Well, I hope you enjoy this episode of She Dares to Dream podcast. If you loved it as much as I did, make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Then head over to the show notes for all the links and information on my guest this week. You can check it out at michaelaoleksova.com forward slash podcast. And while you're there, don't forget to download my free manifestation guide that shows you how to create a business and life of your dreams. I can't wait for you to tune in next time. And until then, have an awesome week.